Well, today we're going to talk out of Romans 12, verses 4 and 5 to begin with, but we're going to be looking at this section of Romans 12 here today. Let's read verses 4 and 5. So it starts out and it says that for just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. So the title of the message today is You Belong. And it's such an important message for us, especially coming off the message last week about covenant community. Because if we're going to be a real community together, then we've got to be a people that understand that we belong to one another. But the foundation of that has got to come first and foremost from us belonging to Jesus. So we're going to look at some scripture today. We're going to, I'm going to tell you some stories and, and let's come out of this together with a greater understanding of how we belong to one another. Lord, I just pray for us this morning. I pray for your wisdom. I pray that you would just prepare our hearts to receive what it is that you want to deposit. Lord, I want to speak your words today. Let none of my words come. I pray that any of my words would fall to the ground and just what you want to speak, you would speak through me today. Keep me out of the way, Lord, and, and just you, you work. Holy Spirit, would you be in the room with every person as they're receiving this word, wherever they are listening, wherever they're receiving this today, so that they would be able to hear what it is you're wanting to say, and that, Lord, our hearts would be transformed and changed by the working of your Spirit. So when I was growing up, I grew up on this street called Atherley Crescent. It was here in Meadowvale. It was this, that street was just built when we moved on to it. And so it was a bunch of brand new families that had moved into the street. They all were similar in that they were young parents with young kids. And so there was a group of us that kind of grew up on that street. And we had lots of fun together. We would, we would go out on bike rides. We would play, you know, police and war. There was more boys than girls, so our games tended to take over. Uh, we would play baseball together or different sports on like road hockey, things like that. We had a lot of fun. You know, it was, it was really good. And in childhood, we could, we could, in those days, we'd be able to roam around on our bikes. So, you know, as we got older, my, our parents would let us go farther and farther away. Not, not anything crazy, but you know, we could go to the corner store or we could go and ride around the park. And, and uh, we, just, we just had a lot of fun. And I lived there from the time I was four until the time that I was about 12 years of age. But here's an interesting thing. When I was 12 years of age, we moved. And I was pretty excited about us moving. We were just moving around the corner. It was, it was going to be a few streets over. It was actually 1.5 kilometers away. And by bike, it was a five-minute bike ride. But something really interesting happened when we moved. It was this psychological barrier for me. It was like suddenly I, I found it really difficult to go back to my old street. Because when I lived there, you literally just walked out of the house and there would be kids on the street and we would play together. You know, we would do stuff together. You went to the house next door and you knocked on the door or a couple doors down and we just found stuff to do together. And you could, if, you know, if there was no one around, you just went right back into your house. And this idea that now I lived somewhere else and that I would have to bike to that street made it so that as opposed to every day going outside, it was now something that had to be scheduled, that had to, an appointment had to be made. And so it, it just became this divide that became harder and harder and harder to get through. To the point that after you know a, a year or so, I really, I grew apart from pretty much everyone that I, I lived on that street with except for one person. 
and uh, and over the years really had no after a couple of years had no interaction with those people anymore even though I'd spent eight years with them even though we'd grown up on the street now another factor in this is that they all went to the public school and I went to the Catholic school so we didn't have school in common what we had in common was after school and weekends and and just the times we would be out there hanging out in the summer and, and on breaks so here's this interesting thing I think about that story and then it makes me think about church it makes me think about how we've created church in the Western world and, and what, how we define it. And unfortunately, so often, the, the relationships and the belonging that we have in church is a lot like it was for me on that street. We you know, attend somewhere in common on a Sunday, and so we say we belong. Like, hey, we all belong to Lifehouse, for example, because we all attend on a Sunday morning together. Or we say we belong to a life group because we go there you know, for, to, to talk about the Bible and connect with people. But the question we have to ask is, what is the actual depth of those relationships? Now, when you're 4 to 12, you, you know, there's your ability to build deep relationships and your understanding of investment and, uh, in relationships and all that. It's, it's, you know, you're young, you're a child, it's, it's different. But for us as adults, we've got to look at this and go, mm, what are we actually building? You know, is the church, the way we do church, the way that God actually intended church to be? And it's interesting in COVID because it creates this interesting scenario for us where these relationships and these connections, they're tested. You know, we suddenly, we don't gather together every Sunday. We've been separated into our homes on a Sunday morning. And, you know, it could be a while before, we don't know if it's going to be weeks or months before we're able to really get together again the way that we used to get together. And so it's in this time where we have some choices to make. And it's those choices that we have are, do we press in deeper to relationship? Do we recognize, man, my relationships are maybe a little bit more shallow than I'd like them to be. And so I need to make a deeper relationship, uh, investment into the relationships around me. And, and it's harder, right? We're, with this, we now have to meet people in parks. We have to invite people into our homes or into our backyards or go into their homes or backyards. We have to put a lot more effort into building relationship. We can't just settle for surface relationships that we've had because we meet together and talk together on a Sunday. But this is a good thing. I really think this is a really important thing for us as a community because it's going to help us grow deeper. It's going to help us be more connected. It's going to help us really understand in a better way God's intention for the church and how moving forward we can have much better and deeper relationships with one another. So in an article in Psychology Today, it talked about belonging. And it said that a sense of belonging is a human need just like the need for food and shelter. Feeling that you belong is most important in seeing value in life and in coping with intensely painful emotions. A sense of belonging to a greater community improves your motivation, health, and happiness. And, you know, so belonging is important. Brene Brown is a clinical psychologist who's done a lot of research in the area of vulnerability and belonging. And her research indicated that we're actually hardwired, we're created for belonging. 
And, you know, this should be no surprise to us in the church because everything that Jesus talks about is us belonging. I mean, God himself is in relationship. There is the, the Godhead with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in relationship with one another. God created us with a need for relationship. From the beginning, he recognized a need and, you know, God created man and then created woman because, like, oh, there's a need here for relationship. And he, he was creating us in his image. It's an incredible and amazing thing. And so for us, we are meant to belong. God's created us to belong. And when he created the church, he's created us to belong to one another. In this verse we read in Romans that we're all members of one body. We're this body of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. We all are intertwined. We all need one another. We have a need for each other. And so we're members as well, not just of a body, but of a family. We're members of God's family together. But so how do we relate to one another in this family? I mean, we're all members of this body of Christ. We see there's a need and importance for one another. But what does that, those relationships look like? Well, here's the interesting thing in Brene Brown's research, is that belonging isn't just about uh, us being connected to one another. But the opposite of belonging is us trying to fit in. So there's got to be an authenticity in belonging. We've got to be able to be who we are. We, if we're trying to just fit in or, you know, read the room or read the social situation, go, okay, what do I need to do to adapt so that people like me? That is not belonging. That actually can become a very lonely place for people where they actually, they're not able to be themselves. And they're just trying to impress or be someone else to other people words we can use for this is living behind a mask. When, we, when we're doing this, we can't be vulnerable. We can't be honest with other people. We're trying to pretend we're something, not actually just be who we are. It, true belonging is what we're looking for. It's true belonging is what we were meant for. It's what we were created for. It's the way that we're meant to be. The foundation for us in the church for this true belonging is our relationship first and foremost with God. We've got to understand that we are part of his family that we've been adopted into his family, we've been accepted. And we are, you know, yes, we are still working through different things. We're, we're learning to what it's like to abandon our old ways, our old self, and to live as God's children, to live in relationship with Jesus and to take on his character. But we're all on this journey together. And we've all been made differently for this journey. So in Romans 12, verse 3, it, it's, Paul says something very important before he talks about the fact that we're all members of one body. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation for this just because it says it so well. It says here in Romans 12, 3, that God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of your measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. Ah, this is so important for us as a community, right? For us to belong. When we go, we belong, and you do belong, but you belong because you are a son and daughter of God. And guess what? You belong to a community, a church community, where everyone in there is on a journey of being a son and daughter of God. They are. If they've given their life to Jesus already, they are sons and daughters of God. And if they haven't yet, they're, they're learning about Jesus so that hopefully they are, feel comfortable to do that, that they will receive the gift of God's grace. They'll receive Jesus as Lord. But in this community of believers, 
We are by default sons and daughters of God. And so we've got to understand that those people around us, people that have come from different nations, from different countries that are so different than us in terms of culture, you know, especially in a place like Lifehouse where we literally are people that have come from all around the world, we all are sons and daughters of God. We all are on this journey together. We're all growing together. And so we've got to find our identity first and foremost in who we are as children of God. I think one of the things that works against community being built is when we don't understand that we're part of God's family, when we live as orphans. And there's lots of things out there. This isn't a preach on, on being orphans, but feeling like an orphan is the opposite of belonging. Orphans live constantly trying to fit in. They may be trying to fit into a foster family or fit into an orphanage or fit in somewhere, but they don't experience the unconditional love of parents. And in a church community, it's meant to be filled with there's people at different stages of their spiritual journey, but there's got to be mothers and fathers in that community, spiritual mothers and fathers that can help shape and form the identity of people, regardless of age. You know, you can be living as an orphan and be in your 50s and 60s. You, can, you know, this thing of being, uh, having your identity rooted in who you are in Christ it comes when we, we have accepted and truly believe that we are sons and daughters of God. And that acceptance can't just be at an intellectual level. It's got to inform our emotions. It's got to inform everything we are and everything that we do. Let me give you an example. So that story I was telling you before, uh, where I grew up on the street, it was amazing. Because I was on the street, I belonged. Right? I belong just by the very fact, it's like, okay, well, we accept you to hang out with us because you live here. When I went to school, it was this different story. I, I really struggled to fit in in school. I was a nerdy kid, and it was before the nerds took over the world and computers and, and science was so prominent in, in, in our society. So I was not athletic. I was, I was nerdy. I liked classical music. I just I didn't fit in in grade school in any way. And so school for me, it was a place where I did, couldn't be myself. And if I was myself, it meant, it meant being ridiculed. It meant being rejected. And this is unfortunately today an experience that many people have, especially in our social media world, where people are afraid to be themselves. And so they're constantly having to put out an image of who they think people want them to be. The church is meant to be a place where warts and all, you know, things that we have wrong or right can be out there for others to see. They can be in the light so that the things that need to be put aside can be put aside. One of the things about belonging in a Christian community is that we're committed to constant change. We're committed to becoming more and more like Jesus. But that only can happen in a place of security and love. That's what happens in family. You know, our job as parents is to help raise children. If you have children, you're teaching them, you're nurturing them, you're helping them to grow, you're helping them to learn what it is to be part of that family. If it's a Christian family, you're helping them to learn to grow up as to what it is to be part of the family of God, what it is to be children of God. And in a spiritual family, which is what church is meant to be, that's the role of, of those that are spiritual parents in that community. 
It's to help others to grow up and become fully who they are in God. But in order for that to happen, we've got to be free to be honest about who we are. And this wonderful thing in community that's so important. So what I've seen in church, though, is that people, instead of finding their identity in Christ, they find their identity maybe in, well, I belong to a specific church community, i.e., well, you know, my identity is I go to Lifehouse, or I go to Portico, or I go to Elevation, or I go to Bethel. So our identity becomes in that. And it's really important that can't become our identity, because often then it becomes about a preacher, right? And, and Paul warns us in the book of Corinthians, saying where this, this church had divided along, you know, well, some of us follow Paul, some of us follow Apollos, and Paul's like, no, we're all meant to actually follow Jesus. It's not about following a person, it's about following Jesus. So our identity can't be in the leader that we follow. And our identity also can't be in our giftings and talents and abilities. And it's interesting because in the scripture, Paul writes just after in, in verse 4, he, where he talks about us being members that we all belong to one another. In verses 6 and eight to 8, he talks about different gifts we can have and saying, look, as a body of people that are all different, that are all gifted in different ways, use your gifts to serve one another. And that is good, right? If we're good at worship, we should be using those musical gifts to, to help lead others in worship. If we're good with finance, then we can help other people with finance, or if we're good at making money we can help with generosity if we're good at leadership we can help with leadership if we're good at prophesying we help with prophesying there's a number of different things that Paul lists this is not an exhaustive list i.e. the fact that Paul writes these is not saying these are the only gifts he's using an example of some gifts but whatever gifts God's gifted you with you're meant to use them to help those around you and contribute to those around you and advance God's kingdom and advance those relationships so we're, we're meant to use these gifts, but our identity is not our gifts. We're not more important if we're preaching on a Sunday or if we're leading worship. We're not less important if we're the person putting out chairs or helping with hospitality. We all need one another. And we need all the gifts. None of it can happen. Right now, me preaching you, to you today, there's a whole lot of people that have been involved in this process. And you would not be able to hear the message I'm giving you if each one of these people didn't contribute to it. You know, the whole service today, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that have made it possible for this service to happen today online. None of it would be possible if each one of them didn't do the work that they're doing. And bring that out to the whole church. We've all got these roles that we're meant to play. But our identity cannot be in serving. And this is a huge problem in the church today because the world around us finds its identity in what we do. But as sons and daughters of God, we've got to find our identity in who we are. That we are valuable because we're children of God. Here's this um, thing that's unhelpful for us if we, if we haven't worked through it. If we don't consider ourselves worthy, then we are going to never uh, be a, uh, able to have good, committed relationships with one another. As long as our sense of self-worth is not firmly rooted in who we are in Jesus, if it's rooted in our identity, if it's rooted in, in, in our jobs, if, when I say rooted in our identity as in like how we serve or the gifts we have or the job we have, the thing we do, or if it's been damaged as we've been growing up and we haven't found healing for that, then we're constantly gonna have a really difficult time forming relationships. 
I'm not saying this because it's hopeless. It's not hopeless at all because what Jesus has done has made it possible for you to form really amazing relationships with people. But what we need to do is, or what you need to do is really be asking God to help you just have healing in that area and open yourself up to other people. You know, a few safe people, leaders in the community that you can trust, that have a track record of being trustworthy, that you can, that you can ask them to help you, you know, with this. Because if we can't be vulnerable with one another, we can't really have connection with one another. And what church is meant to be is deep, committed relationships. We're not meant to be here because you like the preaching or because you like the worship or because your friend attends here. We're meant to be a body that sees value in each other, in our relationships with one another. Now there's like 400 people that, that make Lifehouse home. You're not gonna have a deep and intimate relationship with all those 400 people. But hopefully if you're in a life group, you're building some deep and intimate relationships with those people. So that if later on that life group grows and splits, you know, the, the, that life group becomes two life groups or three life groups, your relationships with the people that were in that group are able to continue because you've done life with them. You know one another, you care about one another. This is the level of depth and intimacy that we're meant to have with one another. Let's look at Romans 12 verses 9 to 10 again from the Passion Translation. Uh, well, I'll start off actually with the NIV version here. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what's evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation as well. It says there, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. This is the last thing about real community. I love it in Ephesians where Paul writes, he says, look, you know, you've got to speak truth in love to one another. Christian community, you know, isn't just accepting everything as is. It's just a place where we can be radically vulnerable and hear radical truth. So I can be vulnerable or we can all be vulnerable about things we may be struggling with and be able to receive truth into our lives so that we can grow. Because we all have blind spots. We all have areas that we need to grow. And there may be things that those around us see that we don't see. Maybe we don't see how we're affecting people around us. And so part of community is a commitment that even, you know, that if there's something we've got to say to someone, we'll say it to them in love. You know, which means we're not trying to hurt them with our words. If there's a, something we need to point out or speak to, we're not saying it to go, look, I'm right, you're wrong. We're not trying to point something out to hurt them. But what we're trying to do is bring truth into a situation so that something in that person's life that may be holding them back or maybe harming them or harming relationships around them, that they can, you know, submit to Jesus and it can change. It's the same for us. We've got to be able to be willing to receive truth into our lives because we can be very real when we are honest to the fact that we have areas to grow in and we can receive truth and we can grow. And that is absolutely part of us being devoted to one another. The worst thing we can do is be talking behind each other's backs, having issues with one another and not telling one another. We've got to be able to, to have true, authentic, vulnerable, real community We've got to be able to speak the truth. And that truth, you know, you know, Jesus is truth. 
And so our truth has got to be about fulfilling the Great Commission where we're teaching each other to obey everything that Jesus commanded. Because it's a beautiful thing that we see in Scripture. Where in Galatians 5, it talks about, the, you know, if we obey the fruits of the Spirit, we live from a place of the fruits of the Spirit. There's no law against any of that. When we're living from love for one another, as God defines love, not as the world defines love, then things just keep getting better and better and better. So you do belong. You belong, you know, if you're here at Lifehouse, this is a community God's put you in. You do belong here. But we're going to need to, as a community, examine our relationships in this time and grow them deeper and deeper and deeper. And the amazing thing is, I think there's some really amazing deep relationships at this time. So this isn't something, hey, we've got this all wrong and now we've got to fix it. I actually think that there's a lot of this happening really well. But we want to just see it grow and increase. So that that covenant community that we talked about last week can really come about, where we really are devoted to one another in love, where we're in each other's homes, we're in each other's lives, where we're taking the time to invest in one another, our relationships with one another, where we can carry one another's burdens, rejoice with one another, and walk in humility, honoring, truly honoring one another in love. That's what real belonging looks like, and it's where we can be our real, using the term, authentic selves, as followers of Jesus, submitted to Jesus with him as our king, and just walking in love with one another. That, my friends, is something the world does not experience. It's something the world can't replicate, and it makes us different. And it's that, those types of relationships that truly reflect God to the world, and will allow Lifehouse to become the incredible church that it's meant to be in this season. And it won't be dependent on where we meet, how we meet, because our relationships will tr transcend all of that. So if you're watching today and you are not part of Lifehouse or you've been disconnected, you're not in part of a small group or things along those lines, you've just been feeling disconnected, I want you to reach out to us. You can use if, uh, the connect card that is uh, the electronic connect card by clicking the uh, link above or the link we put in the chat. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, there's a link there as well in the, in the comment section or, or description section where you can find this comment card. Or you can email us at info at lifehouse.ca because we want to help you get connected. If you've been attending LifeHouse, I just want to encourage you to reach out to people. If you don't know how to get someone's number or email address, just again, contact us at info at lifehouse.ca and we'll make sure you've got your Elvanto login or you know how to use that database or we can help put you in contact with people because we want you to be connected. And if you're in a life group or if you've part of, been part of youth or if you've been part of young adults, I want to encourage you, how deep are your relationships with the people there? Let's grow them deeper. Let's, let's you know, invite people into our lives. Let's be vulnerable with one another you know, so that we can truly know one another and grow the way that we're meant to grow. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Next week, we've got a treat. We've got Adam's dad from uh, London, England, who's going to be preaching for us next week. I'm really looking forward to it. He's been, got decades of experience in ministry, and I can't wait for what it is that he has to share with us. Have a great week. What an awesome message. So church, if that message touched you, send us the heart emoji down in the chat box right now. Most importantly, we would love to hear about how today's message impacted you. So we invite you to join us for our Zoom Connect rooms after the service. The link will be provided below or on our website. 
And also on our website, you can view a full list of all our life groups that you can join into. All you have to do is go on lifehousechurch.ca slash lifegroups and you can pick which groups work for you and join one. So sign up for that and make some new friends. And church, if you want to continue your giving or support church online, the links are right here for you to do so. And that's it from us. We love you, church. See you next week. Bye.